Hi, I'm Lori, and I want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And I'm Rhonda. Lori and I are pastors here in Ottawa, Canada, and we're both wives, moms, and most importantly, daughters and servants of God. And it's our hope and prayer that you would have awakening moments with us as we wrestle through the hard things in life. Lori and I love that we can share our lives with you, so grab your tea or coffee, and let's awaken our hearts together. Welcome, everybody. It's great to see you here today. Why don't you tell someone that you're sitting with that they are stunning? And if you say it with an accent, it's a bit weird. You're like, you're stunning. Go ahead. Yeah. It's true. It's totally true. Yeah. Um, I want you to know that I fixed myself up for this event. So my husband gets the nasty version of me, but I actually went and got my nails done for this. Yeah. And I dyed my roots, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday I had fake eyelashes on, but I took them off on the way home and they're actually on the dashboard of the car still. So, but you know, when I'm with women, that's when you need to step it up a little, right? 100%. If I were overnight somewhere, I would have bought new pajamas. My husband just gets the nasty stuff as well, poor guy. Anyway, it's great to see you here today. Um, I'm really excited to uh, have this workshop, workshop session because if we can apply this to our lives and maybe even have our eyes opened a little bit more to how God is speaking and how he wants you to live a supernatural life naturally, it changes everything. It's just so, so incredible. And I've had a, a major change in my life over 20 years ago. I, I was in the church my whole life, saved when I was eight. I'm sure I teethed on the pews. I was probably in church a week after I was born. I was a youth group president way back in the day, felt called to Bible college, went to Lakeshore camp every summer, was a camp counselor, all of that, called into ministry. And several years down the road into ministry, really just became professional in my uh, ministry and walk with God. I wasn't reading the word. I wasn't praying only when I was upset and uh, just really in a, not a great place spiritually. And then I had an encounter with Jesus that changed it all. And that is over 20 years ago now. And my life has never, I've never looked back from that moment. I had a fresh encounter with God. And after that encounter, what I'm talking about today, the things that have happened to me since are all pretty much after that encounter with Jesus. So my key to you today is everything that happens in your life that is powerful for your faith is dependent on one thing. And that's you being in love with Jesus and nurturing an intimate relationship with him. Everything. <laughs> Everything you're looking for in your faith is found in that one place of falling in love with Jesus and wanting to be with him and know him and hear his voice and walk with him and watch him use your life in a very, very powerful way. So let's get started today. Um, uh, one of the great things about following Jesus is that you are in this incredible relationship with God himself. And relationships are two-sided unless you're a stalker. So how we walk and how we love and how we live with the Holy Spirit is depending on us knowing who God is, how he works, how he speaks, how he moves. And as followers of Jesus, we don't want to just be nice little people living on the earth or humanitarians. We want to bring transformation and hope 
and change to the world that we live in. And we can't do that apart from the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Now, how does God intervene in the world today? How does he intervene? Someone yell out to me. Through us. She knows. She was here yesterday. She already knows the answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, he works through people. And I've been in situations in my life where I, I've been in, we lived in Thailand for 10 and a half years until 2016, and I worked um, with beautiful women who were trapped in the sex industry. And I would walk into a place where there were 3,000 women working, and I felt so, I would say to God, just show up. Just I can't take it. Just show up. Like the prophets of Baal, will you just come down right here and right now and just blast this place with your love and your presence? And he spoke to me and said, I, I'm here. I'm here already. It's you. So I wish sometimes that he would just come in like the Old Testament. <laughs> but he does it through us. And we have to be aware that he's working through us, that he can speak through us. And if we aren't aware, we are robbing people all the time of an encounter with Jesus. We're robbing people of a miracle. We're robbing ourselves of being used in the miraculous. So God works through us in many ways, through love and acts of kindness, praying and serving, but he can also do more than that. He can also lead us. He can tell us what to do. He can give us creativity, revelation, downloads from heaven about a mystery on the earth. But we have to be listening. Any, any teachers in here? Okay. What I'm talking about is you can be a good Christian teacher, and you can go to work every day, and you can love those kids, and you can bring the presence of God into that room because he's in you, and, and do your job and teach science and math and history. Or you can be so connected with heaven that you walk into that room and all of a sudden the atmosphere changes and God can speak to you and give you a word and maybe give you the answer to learning disabilities because all of those answers in heaven, and, and the Bible says we have the mind of Christ, and if we're connected, can you imagine how differently you would teach a kid might have a problem and God speaks a word to you and you speak that over the kid and it changes their lives? Perhaps you could be uh, in the medical field and walk in as a nurse and love and, and serve people and bring God's presence, but you can also speak words of life over them. Maybe God will give you a breakthrough to a medical problem because all the mysteries of heaven are available to us. Just imagine if we lived so connected and we were saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. And you walk into your profession or whatever you're doing in your home and the presence of God floods in because you are this supernatural woman living naturally and moving and hearing the Holy Spirit and doing what he's asking you to do. There are two very different ways to live as a Christian. And I want to encourage you today to be open and expectant that the Holy Spirit's going to talk to you and use you and tell you what you can do and make a huge impact on the world. I want you to know that you can hear the voice of the Spirit. And if you're hearing him already, maybe this will open your eyes to even a bit more or learning how to hear him more. And along with creation, the Holy Spirit speaks to us all the time. And I'm, I don't have an exhaustive list today, but I've tried to come up with all the ways that we can hear from him. I want you to know that you can hear the voice of God. It's actually a basic aspect of being a Christian. It's not for the spiritually elite, which are a myth. Spiritually elite, whoever they are, 
We're all on the same playing field with God. We can all be close. We can all walk with him. We can all hear him. You can hear him. The Bible says this, my sheep hear my voice. Jesus said this, and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. That's us. We can hear his voice. And maybe you felt like you can't hear him speak. And I think a lot of the time today why we can't hear him speak is life is really loud. And we're really busy. And we've got so many distractions. The biggest distraction we have, I don't have it out here, hold on, is this beautiful yet very evil thing. It is amazing. I love my phone. I do. I'm as guilty as anybody else here. I have 11 social media sites and a website that I manage. So I'm on here a lot. But this can be so distracting that we feel like, I don't hear God speak. And it's because we're sitting there at 6 in the morning scrolling through all the pictures. And we're like, oh, I wish I had time to spend with Jesus. And then we lay in bed at night. And we're like an hour scrolling through all these things. And going, man, I I didn't talk to God today. I just just don't have time. I'm so busy. You know, Satan comes to steal and kill and destroy. And for most of us, it's not through big things. (laughs) It's through distraction. It's through things that are demanding our attention. And, you know... It can totally take away that intimacy with God just by doing something that is actually really not important at all. When we're distracted, it's really hard to hear God speak. And Stephen Furtick said this, Technology is awesome, but it's making our lives insignificantly efficient. We are more productively distracted than ever before, and now we're officially distracted by the highest quality content than ever before. Sarcastically, he says this, So much good stuff is snatching the seed. Things significant, like what your friend ate for lunch, what their dog did in the park, what your latte looked like, what toy your toddler played with. Those are the things that are stealing a lot of our time. And I'm not saying it's bad. I tell you, I'm into it. (laughs) I'm like major. But it can steal from us if we don't quiet ourselves and say, I'm going to put some boundaries in my life because in order for me to have a powerful amazing Christian life, and in order for me to bring the presence of God to everyone I meet, I need to be connected to the source and not just connected to my phone. I think it's easy for us to be flesh-led Christians or just so distracted that we don't operate supernaturally natural. I want to remind you today that God does speak and he is speaking today. His sheep hear his voice. And in the Old Testament, God spoke to specific people in specific times and specific seasons. But now we have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So everywhere you are, he is. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to tap in. You don't have to go to someone special who has a connection. You've got the connection. Just like that. He's right there. It's just so awesome. I want to read a passage of scripture, and it's quite lengthy, but it's a powerful passage about the Spirit of God. And it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 16, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things. 
even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit explaining realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Let's read the last line together. But we have the mind of Christ. You not the disciples just in the New Testament, you have the mind of Christ. That's amazing to think about. The Bible tells us that the the servant uh, doesn't know what the master is doing, but we're now friends. We're friends with God, and Jesus heard from God, and he told us what he heard from God, and, and we're to live our lives the same way. And I want you to think how much more exciting your life would be if you were hearing from God on a regular basis. It becomes a miraculous life. The Christian life is not boring. It is the most exciting life there is. Now, if it's rule-laden and old, you know, whatever, old embers on the fire, it is boring. You can never meet the expectations. But if you have a fresh, alive relationship with Jesus, there's no life like it. He's incredible. And God has spoken all through the ages. We see it all through the Bible. He spoke um, to Adam and Eve in the garden. There's just so many instances, and we'll go through some of them. I want you to know that hearing God is not an all-or-nothing thing. It's something that you grow in. It's not a matter you do or you don't. You learn to recognize his voice. You're going to make mistakes, but eventually you get to recognize it more and more. And the more you obey it, the more you recognize it and hear him speaking. I want you to know, though, you can hear him. And if you felt like you've not heard him speak, I want you to know today you have. And we'll explain how. So I want us to say these few things together. They're going to be on the screen. Something I want you to believe about hearing God's voice. And you can use I instead of you in this. The first one is, you can hear the voice of God. So say it, I. Next one, I can hear well. (laughs) It's in my new nature to hear his voice. He speaks so I can hear. He speaks in a way that I can relate to. His voice is destined for, for my ears. God wants to communicate with me and the world around me. And I think one of the biggest enemies, uh, lies that the enemies tells us is that God doesn't speak, but he's a good father. He's talking to his children. He wants you to know his voice. Now, has anyone in here, and I'm sure there's going to be lots of hands, who here has felt that they've heard God speak to them? Okay, quite a few people. That's awesome. And for those who didn't raise your hand, you have, but I'll get there and tell you how. Um, I've heard God speak to me many times, and actually in different times in my life, I hear in different ways, which is unique, but um, I, for me, the most common way I hear God is a, like a, a thought, like a, I would call it the still small voice. I hear a thought in my mind. Now in my life, I, I, I do hear those thoughts still, but uh, more often I have a million ideas. I wake up in the night like, <gasps> and write it down, or if I'm outside in creation somewhere, all of a sudden I get a download of ideas. That's the creativity in my mind of heaven coming to me for the situations that I'm in. 
the most profound time I heard God speak, I want to tell you about that today, and this happened many years ago, but it really altered my life and opened my eyes to know that God was speaking much more than I was thinking he was speaking. So there was this couple in our church, and she was from a Hindu family, but had become a Christian, and her husband was a Christian, and her mother, who was a Hindu lady, was in the hospital ill. She wasn't terminal, but she was very sick. Her whole family were Hindus except for her. And they asked us to go visit. They asked my husband and I, could you go visit my mom in the hospital? She's not very well. So we went in. We stood beside her bed. It was extremely awkward. Uh, she didn't speak English, and if she did, we couldn't tell. She just sort of mumbled laying on the bed as we're talking. So my husband prayed, we walked out of there, and I just said, that was just really awkward. And I thought, I probably won't see her again. So then, uh, a few weeks later, I'm at home, and all of a sudden in my mind comes the thought, you should go visit Pam's mom. And I thought, what? Like, it was really weird. It was really weird. What? And I actually started to argue, like, in my mind with the Lord going, no, that's, that's crazy. And, no, you should go visit Pam's mom. You should go visit Pam's mom. So I actually got in the car. I'm driving to the hospital thinking, I don't know her name. Okay? Pam was married, so I didn't know her mom's name. I didn't remember her name. I knew she was on the fourth floor. So I'm thinking, driving, am I going to go in every hospital room on that fourth floor trying to find, oh, sorry, no, that gown needs to be tightened just a little. Oh, no, not you. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to find this lady? So as I'm, as I'm going up in the elevator, I push the fourth floor. The door opens, and there is Pam standing right in front of the elevator. I was like, I'm so glad you're here. I, I said, I feel God told me to come and see your mom. And she said, actually, I wasn't supposed to be here today. I switched with my sister because they were taking turns sitting with their mom. So I switched early this morning. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad. So can we go into her room? So she takes me in. I had the exact same experience as I had had three weeks ago. It was awkward. She mumbled. Nothing happened. I stepped out of there thinking, why did God ask me to come and do this? So I'm talking to Pam. She's upset. She's crying. She said, my mom doesn't know Jesus. And I'm like, you need to talk to her about Jesus. You can speak her language. You know, it's time to, to have a conversation with her. And as I'm talking, I notice there's someone beside me. And I turn, and I'm like, oh, and my husband is standing beside me. I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, what are you doing here? And he said, I was at work, and I heard God say to me, you should go visit Pam's mom. And I said, that happened to me. He borrowed someone else's car. We just had one car at the time. I said, that happened to me. And I said, I just went in. And he said, let's go in again. I'm like, three times. Three times of weirdness. So we go in. Pam is on the other side of the bed. We're on this side of the bed. And... Peter starts to pray, and he says, Dear Lord Jesus, and he paused. And then Pam's mom said, Dear Lord Jesus. And I was like, what? And my eyes pop open. Pam's eyes pop open. And Peter said in his mind, he said, God, I don't know what is going on, but I'm going to lead her in a prayer to accept you as Savior. So he did. Uh, come into my life come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. She said all the prayer in English. Forgive me of my sin. I renounce the gods of Hinduism. He went through the whole thing. Pam is sobbing. The only person in her family that cared about that was her. And she happened to be there that day. Then, if that were the end of the story, it's pretty amazing. But about five days later, I get a call from my husband and said, I got to tell you something. Pam's mom died today. And I was like, what? because she wasn't terminal. Yes, Pam's sister, who is 20 years old and a biochemist, got a can of Coke, put poison in it, gave it to her mother, and then drank it herself. It was a murder-suicide. 
And no lie, I dropped to the floor and bawled my eyes out because it hit me how God is trying to reach people. And I wondered how many times he had tried in my life to reach somebody, and I was oblivious or busy or dismissed it. Like, that's how much God loves people. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that. And yet he said, this lady is going to accept me if someone can get to her. Like, that's what happened. Like, that's incredible. Think about your daily life like that. You're sitting with someone at work and they've got a terrible problem. And if you're in tune and positioned and leaning into the Holy Spirit, imagine what he could say to you that might totally change their life and their eternity and their children's eternity and every generation's after them eternity and their neighbor's eternity. Imagine. Like, isn't that the most exciting way to live? <laughs> oh, it, it was just profound in my life. And I started to hear a lot more after that. Our faith in Jesus isn't us just adhering to a list of rules, but it's this interaction with God, supernaturally living, God partnering with us. So how do you know he's speaking? Now, there's a lot of ways that God speaks to us, and one of the things I said, he, he speaks in a way that you can understand. We all may hear him differently. Some of us will hear him the same way, but he speaks to the way that you hear best. Okay, so if you don't hear a still small voice, you may hear him another way. You're still hearing God speak. The, the, the thing about it that's most important is getting quiet because, as I said, life is really loud. Life is really, really loud. So you have to have moments of quiet so you can hear him speak to you. There's so much clamoring for our attention, but we need to get in tune with God so we can bring that love to the world we live in. So some good tips to recognize his voice are these. He gave you an idea that is much better than any idea that you could ever give yourself. Okay, that happens to me often. Now I've told you about ideas. I get ideas for stuff. I'm like, where did that come from? I, I honestly believe God is giving me an idea to do something because I don't know how to do it. I don't have that creativity, but heaven's got it, and he wants to tell me about it. That, that's one of the ways you know. Um, you would never tell yourself to do what you think God has said, like go visit Pam's mom right now. Go call that person. Say this word to somebody. You know that it's from God when you can, you can ask yourself these questions, and I still ask myself these questions. It's for the betterment and encouragement of other people. That will be the result. Does it line up with the Bible and Scripture? Does it lead other people closer to God? Does it lead you in expressing love? Does it lead you into dying more to yourself and, and walking in obedience? Does it cause greater humility in you and greater dependence on God? Does it cause greater love and joy and peace of God in people? These are just test questions. Would you get an idea or a thought in your mind or a dream? And we'll talk about those ways. Ask yourself these questions and then go for it. What are the ways he speaks? Number one, if you feel like you've never heard God speak, has anybody in here opened a Bible ever? How many people? You have heard God speak. <laughs> and sometimes he speaks to people in this way the most. My husband actually hears the most through the scripture. We had a situation once where we had to confront a, a difficult couple. He said he'd, he'd left it for a long time and said, finally, I'm going to confront this couple. We have to speak to this situation. Before we were meeting with them, he opens the word of God. He's in the book of Philemon, and it says, I could speak to you in boldness and tell you what to do, but instead I appeal to you in love. And he said to me, I can't confront them. 
God's word just said that to me right now. I can't confront them. It's happened to me with many stories in the Bible. Uh, we were trying to turn a church to revitalize it many, many years ago. And uh, people were, even though people need change and know they need change, they don't like it that much. <laughs> they like what they like. They like what they know. Even though it's bad, they like it. It's comfortable. It's familiar. And we were changing things. We we're really young in our early 30s. We're tr slowly changing the church to move forward so it would grow, so people would come to know Jesus, so it would become alive. And there was grumbling, and there was complaining, and there were people getting saved every Sunday, and some people were leaving the church, and the giving was going up, and more and more people were coming from all over the world, and yet I could hear the grumbling and the story of the 12 spies going into the promised land that jumped off the page to me. 10 came back with a bad report because they saw themselves in the shadow of the giant. <laughs> Giants there. And then two came back with a good report because they saw themselves in the shadow of the greatness of God. And they said, yes, there are giants, but it's flowing with milk and heavy honey. We've been promised it, and we're going in. God has spoken to me through that passage so many times. And he said to me, Sandra, remember the good report. People are getting saved every Sunday. It's growing. Giving is going up. You're making greater impact. Remember the good report. So God spoke to me clearly through that passage of Scripture. It will really enhance your Christian life when you have the Word of God coming in, because every time you open it, He's speaking to you. And you can say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. What are you trying to say? Sometimes I read, I'm telling you, this, this past month I've been in the book of Isaiah. Some passages I'm like writing down, Woo, look at that. That's awesome. You're my salvation and you're my song. Next day I write, God is smiting everyone. <laughs> and that's all I've written. I'm not kidding. That's my journal entry. Everyone is dying. The desolation of this place. The de honestly. But when you go into it, not like a novel, say, God, speak to me. Let the words come into my heart and life. He will speak to you. Oftentimes, God breathes on what he's given you that day, and he uh, speaks to something now in your life with it. And the more of the written word you have in your heart, the greater capacity you have to hear the spoken word because he speaks to what's already deposited in your heart and he calls it forward. So you have to have God's word deposited in your heart so he can call it forward. I've had many times talking to people and I'm thinking, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. This is a situation. I don't know what to say. And that day I read something in the morning in the word of God that was like, okay, there it is. He, it was deposited and he pulled it out and helped them through the situation. But it's got to be in there so he can pull it out. And just if you're not reading the word, when I was in my, my flaking years with Jesus, if someone had a problem, I had nothing to say. I had nothing to say. I was like, Jesus wept. Like I... <laughs> Because it had been so long since I'd been in the Word. Like, and I'd memorized the 23rd Psalm when I was a kid, so I had that one. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> I was King James back then. Um, but yeah, you have to have it in your heart and life for him to pull it forward. So one of the main ways he speaks is through the scriptures. Another way he speaks is through the audible voice. And this is actually where, has anybody here heard God speak out loud voice? Anybody? Yeah? Yeah, a few people. That's awesome. He spoke all through the Bible. Uh, we see him speaking with an audible voice. He spoke from the burning bush. He spoke um, at Jesus' baptism. There's all kinds of ways that God spoke in an audible voice. He spoke to Saul on the road to Damascus. So this is not new. It's one of the ways he speaks. And uh, for those who hear him like that, I, I actually have never heard God speak that way. I've heard in all the ways I'm telling you, but this one, 
I think it would be very cool, but it's as clear as hear, hearing someone speak to you out loud. And that is a way that you can hear God's voice. And for some people, that's the best way they could hear him, because so that's why he speaks to them that way. There's lots of scriptural examples of that. And also the next way he speaks is the still small voice. That's the one I told you I hear the most. So it's like a thought in my mind. And there's a passage in Acts 16 where it says they were going to a certain place and it says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. It said they, they, the Holy Spirit didn't permit them to go. And it wasn't like a dove came down and went, do not go. <laughs> you know, they, they had an impression and a knowing that they weren't supposed to go somewhere. Um, the still small voice is like an impression in your heart or your mind. It's probably the most common way people hear from God, and it's something that you learn to recognize over time. If you have unbelief in your heart, it's easy to dismiss this and think you came up with it yourself. But if you are in that fresh, alive, today relationship with God, you will get to recognize it more and more and more and respond to that voice. God has told me things. I don't know why sometimes. Um, once I, I have a sister that's 20 years younger than me, and she started to bring all kinds of people to church. And um, I was meeting them. They're all young adults. And I'd go and say, oh, good to meet you, good to meet you. And she brought six friends one Sunday. And I went and I shook their hands. And I got to the third one. And I heard in my mind, your sister is dating him. And I just went on and I shook the rest of the hands. And then I went over to my sister. I'm like, hey, your friends are really cool. See that third one? over there? Yes. Are you dating him? No. You're not dating him. No. Okay. Okay. She'd been dating him for three months. And it was a disaster that has impacted her life to this day. It was like a warning from God. I had a situation once where I went to a coffee with a couple. I sat down and looked at him. He was across from me, and his wife was beside him, and my husband was across from her, and I looked at him, and I heard this phrase, he has a wandering eye. I'm like, what a weird phrase. What a weird. And I said to my husband, are you going to speak to him? Are you going to see him tomorrow? Are you going to have coffee? And he said, yes, I am. I said, can you ask him if he's okay? Because God just said something really crazy to me. This is what he said to me, and I told him. Next day, he goes for coffee. He sits down with him. He says, are you okay? And this is what he answered. I have a wandering eye. It was way more than that, but they have a redemption story, but had to go out of ministry and are now doing beautifully. Sometimes I don't know why God tells me those things, but he's intervening. He's trying to help and speak. And my daughter, actually, when she was in college, would say to me, Mom, is God telling you anything about me? <laughs> Sometimes it would scare me, like, should he be? <laughs> It did scare me sometimes, and, but she's awesome. But, and then she also wanted me to like give her something, like, girl, you get your own word. You get alone with God. He will tell you the stuff that you need to know. It's just, it's amazing. And when you start to hear him, you hear him more and more and more. Other ways he speaks is through the language of vision and dreams. Anybody have a vision or dream that you knew was from God? Yep. They're not all from God. Some are from eating something weird, but there are times that he speaks to you very clearly um, in the Bible, it talks about God speaking to people who, uh, both people who know him and don't know him in dreams and visions. Often dreams are given to people not following the Lord. You've probably heard many stories. I've talked to people personally who are uh, in a different faith, and Jesus came to them in a dream and, and said, I'm here, follow me. Like lots, That happens to a lot of people, and that's very biblical. Many dreams were given to people not following the Lord. Um, visions are given more often to people who are 
And that's like a picture in front of your mind, God speaking to you something. I've had just a couple of dreams because it's not my main, my ears not tuned into that the most. But um, one of a dream that I had about my brother. So I have a brother who I love who's not serving Jesus yet, but is closer to serving him than he ever has been in his life. I was telling the last group, I said, when you accept Jesus, can you make sure you tell me? Because I don't want some strange pastor, I don't know, leading you to Jesus. I want to lead you to Jesus. And he's like, I will tell you. I will tell you. So he's closer than he's ever been. But um, we were living in Thailand, and I woke up in the morning and remembered a dream that I had that my mom and dad came to visit us. We only have one daughter, but in the dream, I only had a son. My parents said, let's go to the mall. We'll take your son. You guys just shop around. We'll walk along around the mall with him. So we went to the mall, and we said, we'll meet you back at the house. We were home first. I'm looking out the front window, and I see my parents coming up a great big laneway towards our house, and they're alone. And I thought, oh, what? why are they alone? And I ran out to meet them. I said, where's our son? Where's our son? Did you forget our son? And my mom was like, yeah, we forgot your son. I'm like, what? You forgot our son? You lost our son? She's like, yeah, we did. We forgot him. We lost him. We, we for, like, just like, it didn't matter at all. We forgot your son. And I said, you lost our son? You forgot? You forgot our son? And then I said, you forgot you had a lost son? When someone in your family isn't serving God most of their life, it just becomes normal. And you stop praying as much for them. You just kind of accept, you can, it happened to me, you just accept that they're not following God. You don't want that, but you just, it just becomes normal. And I felt like God was saying to me, do not forget. Do not forget your brother is lost. I called my mom and said, I had a dream. We can't forget he's lost. We can't forget he's lost. We, you have a lost son. So that was God speaking to me about him and he will speak to you in dreams if that's the way you hear best it can actually change so many things about people's lives and he can he can use that to impact other people to start praying to start doing things or whatever it is that he tells you visions are all throughout the bible and i don't have time to go in all of them today they're old testament visions new testament visions um, many, many times in the Bible. Dreams are like over 113 times in the Old Testament. It's just one of the ways that God uses to get our attention, to bring his power and his love to the world. Some people get visions like a picture, so like a snapshot. I got, you get a picture. Anyone get pictures? Just one picture in your mind? Yeah? Yeah. Some people get like that. Some people get like a scroll in front of their mind, like a movie. That's the, the vision that they have. Um, you see a situation that you need to intervene with and do something about. It's important to know that all the dreams are not God-given, but many of them can be. How do you handle a dream or vision? Well, you pray about it. You say, God, are you trying to speak to me through that dream? That dream I had was unusual. Um, are you trying to speak to me and ask him to reveal what he's trying to say to you? Listen to him. Get Listen and sit and say, Lord, please tell me what's the lesson how am i supposed to respond write it down if you have it in the night and remember like get get out a piece of paper or your phone and t write that dream down seek godly counsel and ask does this mean anything to you that's very scriptural there are people that won't accept that but if you know people in your life that are walking with god and mature and wise ask them if they understand that dream and you can also just let it be if you don't have the answer, if you don't know where it was going, you can just leave it with God. And, and if he wants you to respond to that, he will bring it back to your remembrance. Other ways he speaks are through unusual circumstances. 
Now, it'd be crazy to say that all coincidences are God speaking to you, but there are some things that happen in our natural lives that we can dismiss, and it's God speaking to you. Can you think of something biblically that happened that was an unusual circumstance that God spoke? Through a donkey? Yes. That would get your attention. <laughs> um, the burning bush? said when, when Moses saw the bush burning, he turned to look and God spoke. So there are unusual things that can happen. It may feel like a mundane event in your life, but God is trying to get your attention. Um, I've had this happen in my life as well, and I'm sure you have. I've heard of some people that wake up at a certain time every day, 7-12, 7-12, every single day, 7-12, and they've got a problem in their life, and they found the answer scripturally in the Bible at chapter 7, verse 12. That sounds crazy, but God is trying to get their attention. Uh, for me, I've had two of them. One, when we first went to Thailand, we were there for about three months. And uh, for the first two years, I cried quite a bit, just being totally honest. Um, I knew God had called us, and we stayed for ten and a half, so I got over it. But um, I cried for about two years because I loved a lot of people, a couple thousand people at the church we were pastoring, to going where no one loved me, and starting all over again, and losing complete control over your life. So I was pretty sad for a while, two years, and um, <laughs> three months in, I was sitting at uh, our desk table on the second floor of our house, and I'm looking out the window, and I'm just thinking, oh, I don't think this is ever going to get better. And I s look straight ahead of me, and there's a white dove perched in the tree right in front of my eyes. And I thought, wow, that's unusual. I had never seen a dove, actually, in Thailand up to that point. And I called my husband to come upstairs, and I went, look, look, there's a... There's a, there's a dove, like, right there in front of me. And he's like, oh, the Holy Spirit's here. I just lost it. I lost it. It's still meaningful to me today. That dove stayed there for 24 hours. It did not fly out of that tree for 24 hours. I know God was speaking to me through that dove. And you could go, oh, look, there's a bird in a tree, and walk away. But that's not what was happening. He was trying to talk to me. Another situation, again, this involves my brother. I got a phone call just before we were leaving Thailand. And it was a man who said, I answered the phone, my cell phone, and he said, hello, Sandra, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. He said, this is Steve. I'm like, Steve, my brother? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, because he never calls me, never ever. I see him at Christmas and stuff like that, but that's it. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? He said, I'm actually in Thailand. I said, you came to Thailand and you didn't tell me? And he's like, yeah. I did. I'm like, what? What's going on? And he said, yeah, I just came for a vacation to Thailand. I said, that's wild. And he said, I'm sorry for waking you up. I'm like, waking me up? We're in the same time zone. He said, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm in Thailand. You're in Thailand. He said, oh, is this Sandra Markowitz? I said, no, this is Sandra McIntosh. He said, oh, I've got the wrong number. I was calling my sister in the U.S. I said, oh, and we hung up. So I stood there for a minute going, what? How did some guy named Steve, who had a sister named Sandra, <laughs> call my number in Thailand when he was calling his sister in America? Too crazy. I went and said to my husband, okay, listen to this. He's like, oh, that's no coincidence. So I text my sister and said, how is Steve? And she said, not good. No one knows, but not good at all. So I texted him and said, hey, guess what happened to me today? And then I said, I think God is telling you he's there. And I waited for a while, and I got a text back and said, that's really cool. That was the only answer <laughs> that I got. That is a miraculous event 
in my brother's life? It is. What if I went, oh, that was weird. <laughs> Let's go shopping. Like positioned, in tune. If you're really busy, you don't hear those things. You dismiss them. If your faith is like low, like my faith was low, like just not live, not fresh, you just don't hear. In fact, you can get really bad. I was so cynical in those years. If a pastor would say, don't you feel the presence of God in this place today? I would stand in my seat and go, no, I don't, and I bet you don't either. <laughs> I was that cynical. So if you're not in that alive place, you won't hear him. You'll live a boring Christian life. You'll always feel like you can't measure up. You'll long to see the miraculous, but not see the miraculous. You'll long to walk with him and know him and hear his voice and know his encouragement and hear him, like you heard today, probably singing over you. You never hear that when you're not close. But when you are, these are the things you start to be aware of. And you see how much he wants to reach the world through your life. You don't have to be special. I'm not special. I'm just a normal person, just like you. Just like all the people in the Bible were just normal people. God wants to speak to you so he can speak to everyone else, so they can know that he's real, that they can see a miracle happen in their life just because you're listening and you respond and you obey to what he says. Some people will hear God speaking in such a crazy way that they get an invention. I read a story about a couple. A woman was praying and saying, God, speak to me. And she got a bunch of uh, numbers and, and letters, and she wrote them on a piece of paper, and she said, I don't even know what this is. And her husband came home, and she said, do you know what this is? And he said, yes, that's a formula. And they had a small paint company, and he took that formula, and it was the first non-toxic stain formula ever developed. And they had a desire in their hearts to have a lot of money to give to missions. But they didn't have a lot of money. They just had a little mom and pop shop. And <laughs> he made that non-toxic stain. But they still weren't amazing business people. So they had it for a few years. But it was a very amazing invention. But they just didn't know how to take it farther. And a number of years down the road, a very wealthy businessman found out that they had this non-toxic stain. And they asked, he asked if he could buy their company. So he bought the company for millions, and they gave it to missions. Wow, right? We all can live that way. We all can live that way. We can all hear God speaking. We can all know he is reaching out to us if we just incline ourselves to listen. Another way he speaks is through the gifts of the Spirit. Prophecy is a great way, and those are ways God speaks, and it does increase the likelihood of error because it's him to them to you. And you've all probably, if you've been in the church for a very long time or a charismatic church, um, you've probably heard some crazy things. I was in Redding, California once when a young woman who was awesome ran up to me and said, I see you singing songs on a stage and writing all this beautiful music for the glory of God. I'm laying my head going, I would like to, but that will never happen. <laughs> like God would have to rip my vocal cords out and put another set in. Like, that's, that's not happening. But she was learning to hear God's voice and spoke that. And, and again, if you make a mistake, it's okay. I'm like, it's okay. If people make mistakes. And, and it's all right for that to happen. You're learning. You're learning to walk with him and hear his voice. And the more you try, the more you will hear, the better you'll hear, and the more impact it will have on people's lives. 
um, I had a very powerful prophetic word spoken to me, but the lady didn't know it was from me, but it was. Remember I told you I was flaking with the Lord for a number of years and I was oblivious to that, the fact that I was because in the time I surrounded myself with all kinds of people that were just like me in church. So we talked about our clothes and hair and all of those things. We really never talked about Jesus ever. And I didn't know something was wrong with me and I went to a women's conference. I'll be honest, this is a terrible thing to say at a women's conference, but I hated women's conferences. <laughs> Hate, hated them. I went kicking and screaming. A friend said, you need to come. I'm like, I don't want to go to that thing. You need to come. So I went to the women's conference. I'm sitting there like grumpy in my seat. This soft-spoken Indian lady was the speaker. I can't even remember her name. So she was preaching very quietly, like, you know, with a voice like this, talking. And all of a sudden, she stops and she says, you're set apart by God. You're set apart by God. You're set apart by God. It got louder and louder. Around the 10th time, I felt like a funnel came from heaven and landed on me, and I burst in my seat. I burst. I was bawling my eyes out in my seat. And God was saying to me, I am right here. You're away from me. You're not close to me, but I'm right here. And then she went on and said, you're set apart by God to love those others won't love. You're set apart by God to serve me with all of your heart. You're set apart by God, like listing all these things, which I was not involved in at all at that time. <laughs> That was like a prophetic word for me in the midst of 1,200 women. Maybe other women heard it another way. I don't know what happened to them. But it was my first realization, something's wrong with me. And three months later, I had an encounter with Jesus that changed everything. So he will use people's words, prophetic words, to speak to you. I didn't even respond to it. I just thought, there's something wrong with me. But I responded three months later by walking to an altar, saying, I have something wrong with me. I need Jesus. So those are ways that he can speak to you. You need discernment. If sometimes people will tell you those crazy things, just chew on the meat, if there's any meat in there, and spit out the bones and bless them in Jesus' name. Um, hopefully there's not more of those than the truth, what, true ones, but it does happen, and that's okay. Uh, there may be other ways that God speaks to us through his gifts, but those are the most obvious ways. How can you hear from God? There's just a few ways I want to talk today. Become childlike. Simplicity of heart. Being childlike in your faith. That's when God can speak to you the best. As you get older and life happens and things get hard, you can get very cynical. And your heart can get hardened. But it's when, it, when we have hunger and longing and faith and belief, that's when we hear from God more. Like children. We, I always said we were such crazy parents when our daughter was little. I remember in Brampton once, I said, Ashton, look, there's a hippopotamus running across the road. And she was like, where? <laughs> well, of course there wasn't. It was Brampton, Ontario. That's the kind of faith I'm talking about, that belief, like God is a good father. What he says is true. I believe what he said in his word can be applied to my, to my life. He will speak to you. You will hear him more when you have childlike faith. Obey what you know. The more you obey, the more you hear. The more you disobey, the harder your heart gets and the harder it is to hear. The more you obey, the more you see the miraculous happening in your life. Learn to meditate. And I'm not talking about Buddhist meditation where you empty yourself. I'm talking about filling yourself up with the word of God. Letting the word wash over you. Think about it. Pray it out. Ask God to speak to you. You will hear him more and more when you take that moment to sit alone with him and listen. Live in faith. 
the more you live in faith, the more light you have in your life. Revelation comes to those who are living in faith. You will hear him speak. You will know his mysteries. You will expect him to speak. You will ask him to speak. You will expect the miraculous to happen through your life when you're living in faith. Fifthly, give away what you've already received. Uh, make sure that you're giving in your life over and over again. Give out. Serve people. You weren't called to make a church seat warm on a Sunday. That's not your calling. You should be in church every single Sunday. This is coming from a pastor. Every single Sunday, it should be a priority in your week, okay? But that's not what you were called to do, just to warm that seat. And if you're just warming a seat, for me, Christians, like I was at that time in my life, we are the most miserable of Christians because we're not walking in what God has asked us to do. We will complain. We won't like how the pastor preaches. We won't like the song that they sung. We won't like who, the, how the youth pastor said this. We'll just be whining our brains out, complaining our brains out, because you're not walking in what God asked you to do. You're a body. You've got a gift and a talent. You've got beautiful things in your life that he wants to take and use to glorify him and to bless the church and bless outside the church. But if you don't do that, Christians become the weirdest people on earth. They talk weird. They think weird. They speak in constant cliches, which I've had up to here. You get in this strange bubble, and you can't think like anybody outside the bubble. You can't relate to anybody else outside the bubble. And it's a horrible, horrible way to live your Christian life. And you get fat. And when you get fat, you, don't, you can't move very well. You get fat on the word. Oh, if I could just hear another teaching. Oh, if I could just, did you hear that preacher preach? Oh, he had such a glorious word. And it's, you're hearing it over. But what are you doing? You're getting filled up, but not giving out. And, it, and that's like a stagnant ground. It's like you get lethargic, and you're just filling yourself with glory stories but there's a lost world outside of the church and you're called to bring his love to them. And you can't do that by just warming the seat. He wants you to be in the world, to love people, to serve people because my friends, heaven has to be as full as possible and it will only be that way through us. It's the only way, it's the only way. He's not gonna come and blast the earth, it's us. We're blasting the earth with his presence and power. And every single time I walk into a strip club, every single time, I was telling a lady today, I don't walk in there going, I've got this. I've been doing this for 10 years. I'm like, God, help me. I, it's terrifying. And if I don't have the Holy Spirit in my life, I've got nothing to give. Those Ladies are precious and beautiful, and they need to know the love of Jesus. But I have to be connected to the source in order to give them that, or I will be saying the worst Jesus wept, like nothing else. You've got so much to give. <laughs> you can hear him speak. He loves you. He wants to use you to let the world know he's alive. And he does that as we partner with him every single day. You can live a beautiful powerful, alive Christian life. And if you don't, it's like you've got a cubic zirconia and he wants to give you a diamond. And that diamond only comes from being alone and listening and loving him. It will change everything about your life. If you worship in church like this now and make fun of those people who are expressive, you'll become the expressive one. I, have, I would mock people, take a pill. 
But when you get in love, there's this flow that comes in your life, and you see him working all the time. And the stories you read, if you're in the Word, are real, because they're your stories, not just old stories. All right, what I want you to do for the next few minutes, I'd like you to get out your blindfold, if you've got, or whatever it is, the sleep mask. <laughs> if you don't have it, you can just shut your eyes. And I want you to just take the next three minutes, and I'll count you down. And I want you to ask God to speak to you. Don't worry if you don't hear anything. It's okay. This is just a little object lesson. Maybe there's a woman here at this conference that he wants to speak to through you. Maybe there is. Ask him to speak to you in specifics. Ask him, like, hair color, shirt, issue or problem, or an encouraging word. And in the next few minutes, just listen quietly and let him speak. And if he gives you something, write it down immediately. And then we'll talk about what you do with it after. Let's go for three minutes. Okay, three minutes. If God spoke something to you, I encourage you to write it down and then look for that person. And then speak what you feel like he said to speak. So if they said they're going through a hard time, say, I want to encourage you. God sees you. God loves you. Could I pray for you? Make it a regular part of your life on the bus at work. Ask God to speak to you. Is there someone you want to speak to today through me? I know that there are teams of people who do this in certain churches and they, they actually sit together and then they go out to Walmart to find the people that God told them he wants to speak to. And they pray for them and minister to them. And it's just like maybe you don't hear God speak in the still small voice and that's okay. That's okay. Maybe you don't hear that way. But if you did, I encourage you to act on what you heard today and God will use you to bring the miraculous to their life. It's risky. So I encourage you, every time you feel like God says something to you, to start like this. I think God is saying. Don't go in with like, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> I think God is saying. Because we're human and we make mistakes, but the very worst that can happen is that you encourage somebody's life. Right. So go and be awesome, you spirit-filled <laughs> women who have the power of the universe residing inside of your life, speaking to you, using you, taking your gifts and talents, and even if you think they're meager, he thinks they're incredible because they get partnered with him, and the impossible can happen through your life. All right? Amen. All right, God bless you. You can go. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Awakening Moments Podcast, and you will find Lori and I at Lori Eitz Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. We'd love to connect with you.